It's the 25th day of February. Let's read the Bible. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate your support, your encouragement, and your prayers. Some people have asked about the office that obviously is much nicer than it looked before. Maybe you watched the Daniel Revelation, Galatians, James, uh, other videos that we've done from this office, and you say, wow, this looks nice. Well, in December, just before this year, Bible reading started. Marlene and I were at a conference in Oregon, and that weekend, Josh and Leah, Knox and Violet, and baby no, only six months old at that point, they all came over and spent a weekend and completely redecorated my office and all the credit for the, the that shiplap on the wall behind me. And the uh, there, there's a there's a, a a photo reproduction of a medieval map of Jerusalem behind me. All of it. Uh, I'm very grateful to Josh and Leah Knox and Violet for a lot of hard work that weekend. And the reason this looks so good is because uh, they donated their time and their effort to make it all happen. Now, today we are in Numbers 18, 19, and 20. Remember, I told you Numbers is the travel channel of the Old Testament. This whole book's a travel log. And the, the outline's very simple. Preparing to move, moving, preparing to move again. We've already done the preparing to move part. We're coming near the end of the moving part. And we're about to enter that last section of the book. And in this moving middle part, it really is mostly about the, the grumbling and the complaining the unbelief and the rebellion and the judgment from the Lord. The whole generation is going to die. And uh, what happened to Korah and his sons and the followers, their their families and all that swallowed up in that great big earthquake. Um, I read some of these stories. I think God sent in a message. He is not playing around. He is very, very serious. Something for us to think about today. Now, in Numbers 18, 19, and 20, we're going to get some more provisions for the priesthood. Then pay attention in chapter 19 about the red heifer. Some of you may have read uh, in the, the, about the attempts to get a purebred, unblemished red heifer having to do with the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. Well, that all of that, which does have some implications for Bible prophecy, all of that is in chapter 19. And stay with us, 18, 19, and 20. We're going to be very close, very close to coming into the plains of Moab in the last part of the book. Here we go. Numbers 18. The Lord said to Aaron, you, your sons, and your ancestral family will be responsible for iniquity against the sanctuary. You and your sons will be responsible for iniquity involving your priesthood. But also bring your relatives with you from the tribe of Levi, your ancestral tribe, so that they may join you and assist you and your sons in front of the tent of the testimony. They are to perform duties for you and for the whole tent. They must not come near the sanctuary equipment or the altar. Otherwise, both they and you will die. They are to join you and guard the tent of meeting, doing all the work at the tent, but no unauthorized person may come near you. You are to guard the sanctuary and the altar so that wrath may not fall on the Israelites again. Look, I have selected your fellow Levites from the Israelites as a gift for you, assigned by the Lord to work at the tent of meeting. But you and your sons will carry out your priestly responsibilities 
for everything concerning the altar and for what is inside the curtain, and you will do that work. I am giving you the work of the priesthood as a gift, but an unauthorized person who comes near the sanctuary will be put to death. Then the Lord spoke to Aaron, look, I have put you in charge of the contributions brought to me. As for all the holy offerings of the Israelites, I've given them to you and your sons as a portion and a permanent statute. A portion of the holiest offerings kept from the fire will be yours. Every one of their offerings that they give me, whether the grain offering, sin offering, or guilt offering, will be most holy for you and your sons. You are to eat it as a most holy offering. Every male may eat it. It is to be holy to you. The contribution of their gifts also belongs to you. I have given all the Israelites presentation offerings to you and to your sons and daughters as a permanent statute. Every ceremonially, every, every ceremonially clean person in your house may eat it. I am giving you all the best of the fresh oil, new wine, and grain, which the Israelites give to the Lord as their first fruits. The first fruits of all that is in their land, which they bring to the Lord, belong to you. Every clean person in your house may eat it. Everything in Israel that is permanently dedicated to the Lord belongs to you. The firstborn of every living thing, human or animal, presented to the Lord belongs to you. But you must certainly redeem a human firstborn and redeem the firstborn of an unclean animal. You will pay the redemption price for a month-old male according to your assessment. Five shekels of silver by the standard sanctuary shekel, which is 20 giras. However, you must not redeem the firstborn of an ox, a sheep, or a goat. They are holy. You are to splatter their blood on the altar and burn their fat as a food offering for a pleasing aroma to the Lord. But their meat belongs to you. It belongs to you like the breast of the presentation offering and the right thigh. I give to you and to your sons and daughters all the holy contributions that the Israelites present to the Lord as a permanent statue. It is a permanent covenant of salt before the Lord for you, as well as your offspring. The Lord told Aaron, you will not have an inheritance in their land. There will be no portion among them for you. I am your portion and your inheritance among the Israelites. Look, I have given the Levites every tent in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work they do, the work of the tent of meeting. The Israelites must never again come near the tent of meeting or they will incur guilt and die. The Levites will do the work of the tent of meeting and they will bear the consequences of their iniquity. The Levites will not receive an inheritance among the Israelites. This is a permanent statute throughout your generations. For I have given them the tent that the Israelites present to the Lord as a contribution for their inheritance. That is why I told them that they would not receive an inheritance among the Israelites. The Lord instructed Moses, speak to the Levites and tell them, when you receive from the Israelites the tent that I have given you as your inheritance, you are to present part of it as an offering to the Lord, a tenth of the tent. Your offering will be credited to you as if it were your grain from the threshing floor or the full harvest from the wine press. You are to present an offering to the Lord from every tent you receive from the Israelites. Give some of it to the priest Aaron as an offering to the Lord. You must present the entire offering due the Lord from all your gifts. The best part of the tent is to be consecrated. Tell them further. Once you've presented the best part of the tent and it is credited to you Levites as the produce of the threshing floor or the wine press, then you and your household may eat it anywhere. It is your wage in return for your work at the tent of meeting. You will not incur guilt because of it. Once you have presented the best part of it, but you must not defile the Israelites' holy offering, offerings so that you 
will not die. In other words, God saying to the Levites, I'm making through the gifts and offerings of the people, I am providing for you completely. You've got to do it my way. But if you do it my way and you're also generous, give the best of the offerings that give the best from the tenth that you receive, all of it basically, the Lord is saying, remember, I'm going to take care of you. God takes care of his workers who are honorable in their service for him. He provides for them. Numbers 19, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. This is the legal statute that the Lord has commanded. Instruct the Israelites to bring to you an unblemished red cow that has no defect and has never been yoked. Give it to the priest Eliezer, and he will have it brought outside the camp and slaughtered in his presence. The priest Eliezer is to take some of its blood with his finger and sprinkle it seven times toward the front of the tent of meeting. The cow is to be burned in his sight. Its flesh, hide, and blood are to be burned along with its waist. The priest is to take cedar wood, hyssop, and crimson yarn and throw them in onto the fire where the cow is burning. Then the priest must wash his clothes and bathe his body in water. After that, he may enter the camp, but he will remain ceremonially unclean until evening. The one who burned the cow must also wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and he will remain unclean until evening. A man who is clean is to gather up the cow's ashes and deposit them outside the camp in a ceremonially clean place. The ashes will be kept by the Israelite community for preparing the water to remove impurity. It is a sin offering. Then the one who gathers up the cow's ashes must wash his clothes and he will remain unclean until evening. This is a permanent statute for the Israelites and for the alien who resides among them. The person who touches any human corpse will be unclean for seven days. He is to purify himself with the water on the third day and on the seventh day. Then he will be clean. But if he does not purify himself on the third and seventh days, he will not be clean. Anyone who touches the body of a person who has died and does not purify himself defiles the tabernacle of the Lord. That person will be cut off from Israel. He remains unclean because the water for impurity has not been sprinkled on him and his uncleanness is still on him. This is the law when a person dies in a tent. Everyone who enters the tent and everyone who is already in the tent will be unclean for seven days, and any open container without a lid tied on it is unclean. Anyone in the open field who touches a person who's been killed by the sword or has died, or who even touches a human bone or a grave will be unclean for seven days. For the purification of the unclean person, they are to take some of the ashes of the burnt sin offering, put them in a jar, and add fresh water to them. A person who is clean is to take hyssop, dip it in the water, and sprinkle the tent, all the furnishings, and the people who were there. He is also to sprinkle the one who touched a bone, a grave, a corpse, or person who had been killed. The one who who is clean, is to sprinkle the unclean person on the third day and the seventh day. After he purifies the unclean person on the seventh day, the one being purified must wash his clothes and bathe in water. He will be clean by evening. But the person who is unclean and does not purify himself, that person will be cut off from the assembly because he has defied the sanctuary or defiled. He has defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. The water for impurity has not been sprinkled on him. He is unclean. This is a permanent statute for them. The person who sprinkles the water for impurity is to wash his clothes. And whoever touches the water for impurity will be unclean until evening. 
Anything the unclean person touches will become unclean, and anyone who touches it will be unclean until evening. Numbers 20. Here's a story we know. Leaders, pay attention to this. Numbers 20. The entire Israelite community entered the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and they settled in Kadesh. Miriam died and was buried there. There was no water for the community, so they assembled against Moses and Aaron. The people quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why have you brought the Lord's assembly into this wilderness for us and our lives to die here? Why have you led us from Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It's not a place of grain, figs, vines, and pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the doorway of the tent of meeting. They fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord spoke to Moses, Take the staff and assemble the community. You and your brother are to speak to the rock. While they watch, and it will yield its water, you will bring out water for them from the rock and provide drink for the community and their livestock. So, Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he had commanded him. Moses and Aaron summoned the assembly in front of the rock, and Moses said, Listen, you rebels, must we bring water out of this rock for you? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff, so that abundant water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me to demonstrate my holiness in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this assembly into the land I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord, and he demonstrated his holiness to them. Moses sent messengers from Kadesh to the king of Edom. This is what your brother Israel says. You know all the hardships that have overtaken us. Our ancestors went down to Egypt, and we lived in Egypt many years. But the Egyptians treated us and our ancestors badly. When we cried out to the Lord, he heard our plea, sent an angel, and brought us out of Egypt. Now look, we are in Kadesh, a city on the border of your territory. Please let us travel through your land. We won't travel through any field or vineyard or drink any well water. We will travel the king's highway. We won't turn to the right or left until we have traveled through your territory. But Edom answered him, you will not travel through our land or we will come out and confront you with the sword. We will go on the main road. The Israelites replied to them, and if we or our herds drink your water, we will pay its price. There will be no problem. Only let us travel through on foot. Yet Edom insisted, you may not travel through. And they came out to confront them with a large force of heavenly armed people. Edom refused to allow Israel to travel through their territory, and Israel turned away from them. After they set out from Kadesh, the entire Israelite community came to Mount Hor. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron at Mount Hor, on the border of the land of Edom, Aaron will be gathered to his people. He will not enter the land I have given the Israelites because you both rebelled against my command at the waters of Meribah. Take Aaron and his son Eleazar and bring them up Mount Hor. Remove Aaron's garments and put them on his son Eleazar. 
Aaron will be gathered to his people and die there. So Moses did as the Lord commanded. And they climbed Mount Hor in the sight of the whole community. After Moses removed Aaron's garments and put them on his son Eleazar, Aaron died there on top of the mountain. Then Moses and Eleazar came down from the mountain. When the whole community saw that Aaron had passed away, the entire house of Israel mourned him 30 days. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor. Have you prayed for your pastor today? Have you prayed for your spiritual leaders today? Have you prayed for me today? I need your prayers. I desperately need your prayers. Your pastors, your elders, your deacons, your spiritual leaders, they need your prayers. People don't understand the pressures pastors are under. I don't need to take time to say much about that. But Moses, weary, no doubt, from months and months of criticism, rebellion, griping, and all the rest. The Lord says, speak to the rock, but in his anger, he hit it twice. As a result, we're going to see he's going to die on the mountain, but he's not going to get into the promised land. Spiritual leaders have feet of clay just like everyone else. So whatever else you do today, would you please take a moment, pray for your Sunday school teacher, your small group leader, your pastors. Pray for me. Pray that we, spiritual leaders, whoever they are, whoever your leaders are, pray that your leaders will stay faithful and humble and open to the Lord. Go out, folks, and have a great day. We're going to come to the last part of the book of Numbers starting tomorrow. See you then.